May was a month. It was definitely an experience for me and one that I'm never going to be able to forget for largely the wrong reasons. But I think if there's a bright side to look at from the month of May, just in terms of where we are in the pandemic, things are actually starting to feel all right for once. I've watched a lot of the NBA playoffs so far, which is unusual for me over the last few years since my interest in basketball has definitely dwindled. But just being able to watch something where, you know, there are crowds and people are invested and you can feel this energy resonating through the TV that hasn't been there in such a long time. It feels pretty fucking good, man. I'm not equipped to speak on like the, um, you know, the statistical side of the, of the pandemic, but just from what can be observed, I do feel good about the future. Uh, personally, I am fully vaccinated now, and I would hope that everyone listening to this is as well, or at least, you know, partially vaccinated and is about to get there. It really feels like the people who cared to take the necessary steps toward a return to normalcy have done so, and that's really cool. You love to see it. So aside from what I just said about the pandemic, the other bright side of the month of May for myself was music. It was there for me when I needed it to be, and every artist I'm going to mention today had some hand in that. Everyone is operating at a level that I think matches the optimism of a post-COVID life being near. There's been a different feeling in the scene with so many bands announcing tours that look like they're actually going to happen, and not even just in the States, but overseas as well, you know, like, Bring Me the Horizon are taking You, Me at 6 and Nova Twins out on tour over there, the download pilot looks really fucking sick, and then in terms of, like, album announcements in May, you know, Spirit Box and Don Broco and Capstan made news for that, and, uh, actually one of the runner-ups did as well, but I'm going to speak about them in just a minute. You know, there's a lot to look forward to through music in ways that have been missing in the current state of the world, but for the next 15 or 20 minutes or however long it takes, I do want to just look back on May and highlight what mattered to me in this particular moment. So, as always, there are two runner-ups that I want to make mention of before getting into the list. The first runner-up is Chunk No Captain Chunk. This is the band that had not had any activity in five years, and their last album legit turned six in May. And it's been known for some time now that Chunk No Captain Chunk were working on new material, but to actually get a new song in May called Bitter meant the fucking world to me, because this band was so crucial to me back in the first half of the 2010s. And they also announced a new album dropping on, I want to say July 30th, called Gone Are The Good Days, and that instantly became one of my most anticipated records for the rest of the year. The second runner-up is 21 Pilots. A admittedly, their new album, Scaled and Icy, is of a lesser quality than some of their recent works, in my opinion, but at the same time, I still think very highly of it. I think it is a successful venture outside of their boundaries, and this style works for them for the time being. I don't know if there's a long-term future with Scaled and Icy's sound, and there was a decline in the first week's sales for this record compared to Trench in 2018, but just as a consumer, 
I, I was entertained by Skilled and Icy. And the band also got to perform at the Billboard Music Awards and The Tonight Show. And in both instances, Sky Accord from Issues was playing bass for them. And I just think that is such a dope way to give back to the scene that they initially existed in. On to the actual list. Number 10, Kaunashi. In May, Kaunashi released their debut album, Dear Lemon House, You Ruined Me, Senior Year. And it is a goldmine of post-hardcore nostalgia for anyone who desires that specific style that was prevalent in the MySpace era of the genre. There's a level of consistency in this record that shows Kaunashi's prowess as not only students of the game, but also a group of musicians who have eclipsed some of the artists who had an influence on the sound of Dear Lemon House. Through a song like Taylor, Kaunashi provides as heavy and chaotic of a tone that you'll find in this sector of the scene. A song like A Recipe for a Meaningful Life scales everything back and shows a completely different side to Kaunashi. And then on the three-part closer called The Underdog, they just take everything they utilize up to that point and craft this delicately and intelligently like orchestrated body of work that rewards everyone who listened to the record all the way through. Number 9, Mallory Run. This isn't a new band, but May was the month where I discovered Mallory Run on a level that made me like almost upset with myself for having never been exposed to them before. Their EP called Picture Perfect released, and I knew going into it that it would likely be enjoyable because of the lead single, Oh Normalcy, but hearing the EP, it was clear that there was so much more on the surface and beneath that than I expected. Scattered Pieces, Where I Belong, and Constantly are some of the coolest songs in this realm of like emo-driven post-hardcore that you'll find anywhere else currently in the scene. And then the title track to Picture Perfect was one of my favorite songs of the entire month. This is just a song that I really think has a chance at being a defining track in 2021, and honestly, my month, my shitty-ass month, was made just a little bit better because of the existence of this song. Number 8, Darko. The super duo comprised of Chelsea Green vocalist Tom Barber and Emure drummer Josh Miller have been leaving impressions on everyone throughout the pandemic, and the culmination of all that was the release of their self-titled debut album back at the start of the month. A litany of singles supported this record, and all received acclaim online, especially the slower track, Donna, which is admittedly my least favorite song on the album, but I have grown an appreciation for it that wasn't there back when it was just a single. The songs here are ridiculously fucking heavy, they channel every bit of both Chelsea Grin and Immure that was necessary, while providing listeners with experiences that they can only get through Darko and not either of those acts, or any act in the deathcore and metalcore scenes for that matter. Every track is definitively Darko in its characteristics. Like, you're not going to hear this and get them confused with another band, and that is a testament to just how seriously Tom and Josh took this endeavor. And I'm thankful for that because Darko gave me a record 
that I know I'll be listening to well beyond just May. Number 7. See You Space Cowboy and If I Die First. These two bands are so fucking necessary to the scene at the moment, and I said this earlier about Kamnashi, but both See You Space Cowboy and If I Die First are helping revitalize an aged style of post-hardcore, and for someone like myself who lived in that time period, it is so invigorating to hear bands not only take on that sound, but execute it so fucking well. See You Space Cowboy and If I Die First did just that through their split EP, A Sure Disaster, which has two songs from each of them, along with a collaborative track called Bloodstained Eyes. There are new elements to See You Space Cowboy in their tracks, at least compared to where they were on the correlation between entrance and exit wounds, and If I Die First continue to act as one of the most impressive bands in the scene over the last year. The song, My Nightmares Would Do Numbers, as horror movies, is fucking massive and has been one of my favorite songs of the year so far, ever since it dropped as a single. Number 6. Waterparks. I think whether somebody likes Waterparks or not, there isn't any denying the amount of success they've been able to accumulate. Like, it's weird because they exist in a realm where it feels like they're, they're big to us within the scene, but the masses maybe still have yet to fully be exposed to water parks. And I would like to believe that with their new album, Greatest Hits, there is something in there that is going to be able to open every door for water parks in a post-COVID world. The singles were well-crafted and well-chosen for that matter. You know, there are songs like Fuzzy and American Graffiti that I hope can catch on as well because they're some of my favorite water park songs ever. And in the case of the track Magnetic, that one might actually be my favorite water park song ever made. I know this band is kind of fucking irritating at times and maybe their fan base doesn't help that, but there is passion there. I won't argue that. And I get it because Waterparks feel like a pillar band for our scene at this point in time. And I want nothing but the best for them because I think they're giving us as listeners nothing but their best. Number 5. Wither Away. I won't go too much in depth with this explanation because the episode where I talk about Wither Away's new album hasn't actually been recorded yet. So I do want to save my complete thoughts for that review, but what I will say right now though, is that Wither Away's record, I Won't Find Hope In You, achieved everything that I hoped it would back when I first heard the title track for this album. This record encompasses every era of melodic metalcore and post-hardcore that entices me. Some of the song names intrigue me because of what they could mean, and I will get into that more when I do review this record properly. There are melodies and hooks for fucking days on this record, and I cannot help but leave May viewing Wither Away as one of the scene's best-kept secrets. Number 4. Galleons. This month was a victory lap for Galleons, in my opinion, because they're a band who I've always been able to look at 
as being talented, but I was still waiting on that one project that really sold them on me. And I thought their album from last year, Metropolis, came close to accomplishing that, but wasn't there entirely and didn't hit every benchmark that I wanted it to. But their newest self-titled album did just that. It is a perfect collection of some of the most well-constructed songs I've heard thus far in 2021. I felt that way about the singles like Better the Devil You Know and Playing With Fire is Such a Cliche, and then hearing the whole album and getting to experience songs like That Ain't No Crown and Casablanca was so satisfying as someone who's been rooting for Galleons this whole time. Number 3. Never Tell I feel similarly about Never Tell to what I said about Wither Away a little bit ago in that I think they are one of the best kept secrets in this scene, and that was made evident to me back when I first heard their song Back On Me, which was one of the singles to their new album, Everything In My Mind. As far as getting the most out of a rather short time frame, there is no full-length album this year so far that has done that for me the way that everything in my mind did. 28 minutes and 55 seconds, and all of that is utilized to perfection. Not a single moment of filler whatsoever on this record. And if you're into the more relaxed side of alternative rock that incorporates elements of electronic, R&B, and pop, or even hip-hop in the case of a track like Life Like This, there is so much on this record for you to get into. Holding On could likely remain as one of the best opening songs of the year once we get into December. The penultimate song, Know My Loneliness, has not left my rotation since it was released as a single a couple of weeks ago, and if anything, I've listened to it even more as part of the full record. I, I can't emphasize enough just how fucking excellent of a record this is and the breeze that it is to get through it. Number 2. Of Mice and Men This is another band whose project I haven't gotten to review yet on the weekly episode, so I will try to refrain from saying too much, e even though that might be hard, since there are only three songs on this new EP, Bloom. And, you know, this is a Mice and Men's third time appearing on one of these monthly recap episodes, and for good fucking reason, because they have truly been one of the most defining bands of 2021 up to this point. This is a, a redemption arc if I've ever seen one in alternative music. And actually, maybe they're the best band of the year up to this point. They legitimately have a case for that. And it's worth noting that they put themselves at the number two position for May with only three songs and one of them had already dropped back in April. The run of Mice and Men are on right now is incredible and I hate that I ever doubted that something like this was possible. They are, in my estimation, truly one of the greatest bands this scene has ever had, and despite having a small window to reaffirm that in May, they did so with the prowess of a legacy act. So, before I get into number one, I do want to recap the list up to this point. The runner-ups were... Chunk, No Captain Chunk, and 21 Pilots. Number 10, Kaunashi. Number 9, 
Mallory Run. Number eight, Darko. Number seven, See You Space Cowboy and If I Die First. Number six, Water Parks. Number five, Wither Away. Number four, Galleons. Number three, Never Tell. Number two, Of Mice and Men. Number one, The Devil Wears Prada. This genuinely makes me happy. Like, it warms my heart to be able to bring up the name of The Devil Wears Prada in this kind of setting in 2021. I've listened to The Devil Wears Prada for more than half of my life, and similarly to Of Mice and Men, it'll never become tiring to have the chance to gas them up for their contemporary work. Back on May 21st, they released Z2, or Zombie 2, which is the sequel to their Zombie EP from 2010. That was one of the most acclaimed and respected EPs in the history of Metalcore, and 11 years later, they followed it up with a project that in some areas is just as good as the original, and then in other areas is somehow even better. The Devil Wars Prada didn't try to craft a replica of the original zombie. They took everything they've learned since 2010 and used that to make a proper sequel that identifies with where they are as a band in this day and age. Termination and Nightfall were as good of singles as any band could have put out for a project. Forlorn and Contagion feel like the Devil Wars Prada just fucking dunking on everyone else around them with concepts that aren't even new to them. And then Nora is, in my opinion, the standout on this EP. Zombie 2 didn't need to exist. The Devil Wars Prada had every reason to just move forward with a new record and not look back on something, but the fact that they did so and they were able to take the zombie concept and apply their current style to it is fucking remarkable, and I think it is all the proof in the world you need to argue for why the Devil Wars Prada are not only one of the best bands in alternative music today, but one of the best bands in history. And that's it. Those were my choices for the top 10 artists of May. And I'll just reiterate what I said when I did this episode for April. I know that this is probably not necessary because, you know, on the weekly episode... Everyone who listens, they know what I'm into, they know what I disliked, but I, I, I still just want to do these because, you know, this was how the whole podcast started. The first episode was the top 10 artists of January, so I just feel like this is a, a tradition that is worth keeping up, and I will, you know, I, I will always look forward to doing these episodes because it, it, it's cool to be able to look back on a month and be like, man, what did I really fuck with? And it, it does help in, like, narrowing potential choices for when award season starts in December. So, yeah, that was a, you know, we got through that pretty quickly, pretty swiftly. I'm happy with it. So I'm just going to go ahead and cut the episode off here. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And, as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene.